Happy New Year, Dirtballs. If you want to start this year off by helping us out, leave an iTunes review. It takes two seconds. Open your phone. Open your loved one's phone, your brother, your sister, whoever's. Drop an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. And in return for your favor, I'll do you a favor and send you two Dirty Sports koozies in the mail. It literally takes 20 to 30 seconds. Help us out. We will help you out in return. It's a great way to start off the new year with two fresh Dirty Sports koozies. Also, go see my guy Joe Prano on my left live. He's got a website, JoePrano.com. He's got all his shows on there. Joe, where can they see you in the next few weeks? Well, I'm here in L.A. I got the Hollywood Improv tonight, if anybody's listening. But go to JoePrano.com. I've got uh, I've got uh, Tahoe coming up next week with a good friend of our show, Eddie Ift. Um, and then we've got Alaska, the end of January, the Bay Area with you, my boy Andy Ruther, uh, to start February. Uh, end of February, I'll be at the Aspen Laugh Fest. And then we get into March, Palm Springs, all kinds of stuff. Go to JoePrano.com. Just just check out where I'll be. If, any of those, if you're going to be in any of those places, please come to a show. I love it when Dirtballs come out. And also, follow him on Instagram at Joe Prano. Follow him on Twitter at Fix Your Life. <laughs> follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Andy Ruther. And give our new birthday boy... Aaron Moharas, our intern, some love. Aaron, where can they follow you on social media? You guys can follow me on Twitter at DS Interns and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Moharas. There it is. All right, guys. 2020, it's officially here. Let's start it off. Welcome to, welcome to. Dirty Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray now. Happy 2020, Andy Ruther. We made it. We made it. It's a big year, man. It's a big year. You're running for president. Yeah, I'm waiting for all. Do you, do you notice how my campaign has gone into hibernation? I'm letting all of the not gonna fucking hangs do their thing. And then when it whittles down, I'm gonna jump back in, get that get that strong last push. Like I don't know if you know, comedian Ben Glebe also running. Ben Glebe will be done before I start campaigning. Yeah, I think I. I saw- just I was just laying the groundwork the last couple of years. We were going to go hard. Yeah. From like, you know, May to November. Oh May, I was gonna say you should go hard from October to November. Do a thirty day stretch. Yeah, it's not that's not bad. Maybe July. We we'll go to the end of. Uh, We'll go all-star break to the end of the season, yeah. all the way through the election. What's your number one priority? Well, just like Bernie, you know how Bernie turns everything into a uh, thing about climate change? Yeah. Like, they'll be like, what do you think about, you know, black people getting shot by, you know, cops? He's like, well, you know, if the world was, you know, wasn't so hot, 
these officers wouldn't be so hot. They wouldn't be shooting people. It's like always comes back to climate change. I'm bringing everything uh, back to pulling our military out of everywhere all the time. It's so funny you say that. And, and I, uh, you know, a I little, just got in a discussion with my brothers on text over yeah. this. The, the 800 military bases around the world. 800? Yeah. Some One of, uh, I forget who it was. This I, I don't think he's a dirtball, but I think his friend's a dirtball. But uh, connected me with this guy who's like, hey, this guy could be your campaign manager. He's like a little political uh, college kid or post-college kid. He tweeted... Uh, what about me? Like I mean, you have like, no political experience. I, I don't tw- need it though. He That's tweeted what's great. How many military bases are there? And he put eight eighty eight hundred. And I was like, honestly, I know the answer is eight hundred, but that seems low. Seems low. I, like I, that. It's been holding at eight hundred for a couple of years now. Well, see, if I was your campaign manager, the number one thing you'd run on is that Kobe Bryant is not a top ten NBA player. Oh, trust me, that will be in the campaign. <laughs> we, it, that, that'll be in the campaign. Like it's going to be a. Kobe Bryant is not a top 10 player is going to be a great example of many falsehoods that are being spread around the world on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, I like that. Well, speaking of falsehoods, I got to welcome twerks is back. Aaron Maharis is back. Happy 2020 twerks. And he came into the smut studio. I mean, he is a giant troll. I will, I will say I'm learning at this point. Aaron is a giant troll. He's wearing a Kyrie Irving Boston Celtics jersey and like a fresh one, too. It's got the GE logo on the top shoulder. So were you a big Kyrie fan, and then you started listening to Dirty Sports, and then you realized he's a great player, but he's also a team cancer? Yeah, I guess I didn't realize how much of a cancer he was until uh, until really that, that year in Boston when kind of it all fell apart. Well, but, it was kind of the two years in Boston, because the first year he yeah. goes down, and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they take the... Cavs to a game seven. Yeah, it was it was the second year in Boston. And the second year, like, yeah. they're trash. Yeah, they were. It was just. But all also, bad. they were struggling before he went out the first year. Yeah, so I was a huge fan. I, I, you know, I think he's. And now look at them. Now they're fantastic. Yeah, they're so great I, again. I bought it like. Do you, you remember know, when, when I first got this, there? This is one of the many things that I jumped on early, and people were like, "You're an asshole. Fuck you. How do you?" Because I was like, I don't want him anywhere near the New York Knicks. Now the Nets are dealing with him. Rip Bresler, but uh, he goes out. Spencer Dinwiddie explodes. Like, their their team has literally gotten better since Kyrie got hurt again. And now he's apparently struggling with, like, some sort of mental illness in addition to, like, being hurt. Kyrie's the worst. Kyrie's, like, the new Kobe. Kyrie's the new Mello. I'm trying to think if, if that's... If we're fully there yet. He's not as bad as Kobe. He's not, like, a psychotic lunatic. But he is a flat earther. And he is mellow and like a ball stopping, no team playing. Yeah. Every the the Kyrie stands love him. The mellow stands like nothing is more mellow than coming back to the garden, getting an ovation from dumb Knicks fans, scoring twenty six his season high, and getting blown out by the New York Knicks. What a return to Madison Square Garden. Here I am, return to the promised land. I'll score a bunch of points and a terrible team will kick our ass. How many years did Mello play for the Knicks? Do you like know? Six. And they made the playoffs twice? The first year where he joined uh, midseason, and then the next year when they got bounced by the Pacers. That's when Woodson was coaching? Yeah. Well, Aaron has been talking a lot of shit on Twitter out of nowhere. Apparently he was at Venice Beach the other day, took a picture of the court, how he's going to dominate me. 
Are you confident in this, Aaron? Because I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm not talking any shit. If you noticed, I'm just like, I don't know what your skills are. I know I haven't shot a basketball in over a year. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, like I said on Twitter, I haven't played organized basketball since I was about 12 years old. Um, but that being said, you know, I'm a gamer, so I, you know. he figures he's got youth. Yeah, he hasn't heard much about. He hasn't heard many good things about your skills. But I'm trying to understand. You don't have height on me. A lot of people would have that on me. He does not, have youth. You have youth. I would probably argue my cardio is better than you right now. I would also agree. So. Where are you going to have advantages over me? Like, do you have a good jump shot? You haven't shot the ball since you were 12. Well, he, he said he hasn't played organized basketball since yeah. he's 12. I'm sure he's taken a jump shot since he was 12 years old. I have heart. <laughs> this is street basketball. This isn't Rudy, dude. I mean, he's counting on the fact that you had to get, well, we're supposed to get braces for not finishing your marathon on time. He's, uh, he's saying he has more heart than you. There is rumors of, there's rumors of me getting braces this year. Wow. That, did that happen when you were home for the holidays with your dentist brother? Well, I, I did see my dentist brother, and uh, we had a nice long discussion about it. Now, again, he cannot do that. He is not an orthodontist. But he uh, he kind of broke everything down for me. For what? Price? What it might cost, what it might entail for the, pe- the length of time, what that would actually do to my teeth. Um, it's not fun. Did you ever have braces? No, never did. I did. It's not fun. Like, there is a lot of meticulous care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I would have to do. Yeah. And also, just throw out getting laid. I mean, just done, right? No girls having sex with a 38 year old guy wearing braces. Jay Davis had braces at like 45. How long did Jay have them? I don't know. I, I like. Because they say if you wear them for about 12 months, we'll do a lot of good. Oh, like. You'll have perfect teeth for probably wow. ever at this age. If you if you get because your teeth can change, I learned this from my brother. But he said, like, dude, if you get metal braces at your age, you're gonna have spotless teeth. Wow. As far as how straight they are. A year in braces. I didn't say I would do a year. I right. might not need a year. Yeah. Fascinating. And then Nick D'Alessandro, who's coming out to L.A., jumped in the conversation and said he wants winter, which I almost thought was a little bit out of order. I almost thought it was like. Twerks should play Nick for the opportunity to play you, but, but 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 Nick's already called winner, so this game's already on. And and Nick is obviously going to be filming this, and he's yeah. and he's going to be our editor. I don't think Nick realizes the size of my apartment. By the way, he, <laughs> I don't think he realizes how small the Smut Studio is that he will be living on at an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. You've lived with. Other dudes sleeping on this couch for extended periods of time. I have. I mean, guy on couch lived here for six months. That's incredible. Yeah. And that was the old smut studio set. That was the old couch. Yeah. That gross green couch that we sold. Well, Prano, we're doing all this in-house stuff. We got to get this out of the way. Okay. What do we got? Joe had an epic dirty sports pick comeback. I mean... I want to take credit, but really, I didn't even, like, I didn't kill it the last couple weeks. You made a declaration that it was 100% over, and you the Ruther curse is still pretty goddamn undefeated. I mean, four weeks left, I think I lost ground, 
And then I said, "Well, I can tell you, with three weeks left, I'm I was down ten. Yes, I know that, but I, but I think I was down more than that. I think I was down less than that going into the last four weeks, and I think I lost ground. You did. And then you said it's over. Yeah, I had a ten. And point- I, I said, if I pick up four games a week, which is gonna be hard to do, I'll win by two. And I never thought I'd pick up four games a week. The whole, sole goal. Well, you won by one. I won by two. You won by two. The sole goal was to get to a tiebreak, to force a playoff tiebreak. I was like, if I get hot and I can force a tiebreak, I can win in overtime. Well, what you hell? collapsed. Well, the last the week seventeen. What killed me was, I shouldn't have like, oh, I like like the Texans Titans game. Remember, I kept saying, oh well, the the Texans are. Underdogs at home. Well, obviously, they knew. Yeah. Well, what did Watson play? A series? Yeah. Two? It, it, was, it was reckless. I made some reckless decisions. The irony of that final week, the, the one who like— You went five—you went against me. We had six different games. I went one you, and five. You went one and five. The Cowboys. And the, the, the nail in the coffin—I was texting you. You weren't watching. You were on your way to your aunt's house or something like that. The nail in the coffin— being Jacoby Brissett sticking his hand in Crisco and losing fumbles inside his own 20 multiple times in the second half. I mean, I'd I'd argue that you have to wear the L chain for your Jacoby Brissett takes at this point, but you're going to be wearing it for two weeks anyway, so we'll just roll that in there. I was I was texting you, you should talk to Tug about getting Tug to split some time with you. You know, when you're taking a shower or whatever, he could wear it for the Jacoby Brissett takes. But, I mean... Him just turning the ball. I was like, you're like, Jacoby's letting me down. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Yeah, but. He's t- he's turning the ball over inside his own red zone to I st- I get still that f- game fucking iced. I still think we don't fully agree on what we were debating on Jacoby Brissett. Right. We don't. Uh, you and Tug are on one side of a weird fence, and uh, the GM of the Colts and myself are now on the other side of the fence. Why is the GM of the Colts on that Well, side? he went out today and in a press conference was like, look, he's our quarterback right now, but, like, you know, it's a long time before week one. We got we got drafts. We got free agencies. We got all kinds of things. Ballard was – Ballard wasn't – Ballard was less supportive than Arians was in the – if we can win with Winston, we can win with anybody. Yeah. Hot take. Ballard was pretty much like, we got to find a quarterback. I mean, Brissett, you know, again, we just disagree. It's fine. Yeah. It's twenty right. it's twenty twenty. We don't have to go down this. No, it's 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 I mean, it's great. I I when he fumbled that ball, I was I was watching it at Twin Peaks. Have you ever been to a Twin Peaks? No, what's that? It's like a Hooters but with like but it's like uh mountain like themed. but it's all the chicks in like, you know, tied up like short flannels or something like that. I was at a Twin Peaks in St. Louis watching and as the as the Jags started collapse or as the Jags started to take off and the Colts started collapsing, I was like, "This is just so fitting. This is just like the perfect way for it to go down." Yeah. I almost felt like you should write a handwritten message to Jacoby Brissett, see if he'll take a couple days of the L chain for you. I don't mind it. You know, this is good. I'll be honest, Joe. I'll be frank. You would have had to warn it while you were in Alaska, and I'll just be honest: you wouldn't have done that. You're not wearing it while you're doing a comedy festival. Well, I'm not doing a comedy festival this year, but also that was something oh. we had laid out in the in the pre thing. It's like I won't wear it on stage, but I'll wear it right up to stage and I'll take it off. But now I don't have to worry about it. I don't remember that. I'm wearing it on stage. <laughs> well, 
Do you, dog? I appreciate that. I I am taking the L chain everywhere. I love that Nick will be here to hopefully film this. He will. Trader Joe's, L chain. On stage, L chain. Swimming in the pool, L chain. <laughs> Swimming in the pool. Taking a shit, L chain. Balling on Aaron, L chain. <laughs> you really earned it this time. I mean, that was a collapse. Yeah. Do you blame the curse at all? No. Yeah. I mean, I was pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to, to say that there was no chance left. And literally, finally, when you broke, that's when the collapse happened. I, I feel like you believe in your deep in your soul that the Ruth of Chris is real. And I think you let that cause your collapse. Well, obviously, I did. You believe in ghosts. I picked the last episode was. It's great to be back to Venice, by the way. Fucking sirens nonstop. Unreal. I'm, I'm Savage Town, I'm over this, you. This this is just the sound of happy hour on Mildred. <laughs> I I think they, I think I saw people put up a clothesline today. I'm like, Bro, what do you do? You guys can't fucking dude, dry your clothes out here. I got I got out of the car today and I, I said to my Lyft driver, I said, It's good to be back. I was like, Good to be back. I go, I'm gone eight days in Venice. This guy has a new house. Yeah. My back street. But uh it is good to be back there. Now we, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Lots to cover. Um, there were there were some deaths. I want to start out with that. <laughs> the, they come in threes. These things they do. And uh, starting off, rip with, early. Like some of the like getting out of the gate early. Guys want guys were waiting. I really feel like these guys were waiting for twenty twenty for twenty twenty so that their gravestones could have twenty twenty on it. They're like who wants? To, I can make it a couple more days. Well, I think obviously the most. Influential person. Exactly what I was going to say. The most influential, David Stern, former NBA commissioner, 30 years. The NBA commissioner, really. Like, there's there's been a lot of commissioners of a lot of different sports. I don't think any other league has somebody that you can point to the way you can point to David Stern in the NBA. It's not even close. Yeah. Like, what he did, and I think we really need to explain this to especially the younger listeners. What he did in suspending Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire from coming off the bench in Game 5, how dare he? I mean, obviously, we don't agree with all his decisions. No, I'm just kidding. But, guys, I mean, I loved hearing this. I watched on my flight. I had access to you know different TV channels, and I was watching. I knew NBA was on tape delay, but it was wild. it's wild to hear Jalen Rose talk about how in 1980... During the NBA Finals, in the epic Magic Johnson playing center for Hurt Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that that game was on tape delay. Yeah. Think about that. They couldn't, guys, in 1980, it's not that long ago, they couldn't air the games live because the NBA wasn't popular enough. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, It's totally insane. So, yeah, he totally changed it. I mean, obviously, Magic and Larry coming along. And Jordan coming along sure. early in his, in his you know commissionership. I don't know if that's a word, but in his tenure, um, and he was smart enough to know how to capitalize on that. And I mean, in a matter of a decade, went from tape delay to a global game. Well, truly, in the matter of a decade, it, it truly did. I mean, if you think about think about how big a deal the Dream Team was in '92. Huge. That, that when those guys showed up in Barcelona, it was paparazzi and people chasing their their bus and shit like that the idea that 
from 1980 to, to 92. You go from tape delayed to some of these guys are the biggest stars in the whole world across everything. I mean, it really is. And what I enjoyed today watching stuff. Now, obviously, I don't normally watch ESPN, um, but I was on a flight, so I had to kill time. I did kind of like, because it reminded me of our show, they had a panel on the normal first take show. It wasn't Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, but they had a mix of guys, NFL and NBA guys. But they talked about what we've talked about, how the NBA promoted the individual and the brand and social causes and how I thought Jalen Rose made a great point. He said the NBA logo is an actual player. Yeah. It's Jerry West. Yeah. The NFL logo is the shield. Yeah. And I thought that's a great point because it shows the differences in how the NBA has grown so much. And, I mean, I have the numbers up here. Guys, when he started as the commissioner of the NBA, the revenue was only $155 million. When he was finished— I mean, you think about that, $155 million. Sounds like a lot of money, but you figure— at the time, I mean, it says that there's he he added seven teams. I don't know how many, but like, call it twenty five, call it thirty teams. You know what I mean? That's a couple million bucks a team. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at five million. You're you're you own a basketball franchise and your team makes five million dollars. Yeah, that is wild. And now, when he left, it was five point five billion. Obviously, like Joe just said, he added seven more teams, created the G League, which was a smart idea the the whole thing with the dream team do you do you remember how big a deal i don't think people realize guys the pro athletes were not allowed to play yeah when they were like the nba players can play in the olympics i was like what is happening oh dude this uh, is insane i spent no joke i spent the next like four months or whatever it is leading up to barcelona there was a i think it was fleer or tops or something like that put a dream team card collection out yeah all the players coaches and staff whatever and i remember i mean i remember that chuck daly lenny wilkins was a coach on that team yeah i mean i think isaiah which became a very controversial part of uh, or not part of the dream team was was part of this card collection but i mean i spent the next four months collect like going and getting packs trying to get these fucking cards trying to get the whole squad yeah i had a pass for queuing six jersey and this will this will blow some minds in the in dirtball land. Ida number nine, Michael Jordan. USA I was going to say, I bet you had a Jordan jersey. It was a gift, and I was like, Argh. and my mom's like, "What? He's, isn't he like the best player?" I was like, "You're gonna have to go out." I was like, "We don't have to return this, but you're gonna have to go out and get a six. Yeah. No, but it, I mean, it was amazing, and this was again all under Stern, and just made people don't realize like it's such a global sport now. It used to be on tape delay. I mean, also, expanding it across the world, if you look right now, the leading vote-getters in the All-Star game are Luka and Giannis. Yeah. He took the game across the globe, and it has paid him back million-folds. All of the great foreign players that have played. I mean, you go through the league right now, like, the All-Star game isn't that far from going hockey-style and being, like, USA versus the world. Oh, yeah. Like... A couple more players. I don't really like the USA's chances. Well, they a lot of things that I've seen documentaries point to the Olympics. Yeah. And they say because the U.S. killed everybody 
so handily in 1992, the world saw, hey, we're so much worse. We need to get better. But it also made them want to elevate their game. Yeah. And it obviously it happened. Um, but yeah, he did a lot of things. The only the thing that is the most controversial thing is his dress code. Um, I would say the most controversial thing is the Donahue ref, like league mandated. We want these teams in the finals. Supposedly, you know, I mean, the rumor has it that he really wanted to leave Earth in 2019. But Donahue had put a ton of money on 2020. And Donahue was like, you owe me one dog. Too soon. You got to hold on for Too a couple more days. Too soon, Joe Prano. <laughs> That's why he's Joey. No chill. Uh, I love Stern. I I don't mean any disrespect at all. But what, but that was probably the biggest controversy. And then, yeah, the dress code is, is what, definitely up there. What did you think? Because I remember it was 2005, I believe, right, when they, when they instituted the dress code. For people, yeah. for people who don't know, it got to the point where he didn't want guys showing up that was when the baggy stuff was big. Baggy stuff, super oversized T-shirts. The do-rags. Yeah. The big chains. Yeah. And it kind of turned into a racial thing. For sure. Of, you know. And then it's be careful what you wish for. Now we got, you know, Russell Westbrook showing up in rompers. But, but again, you know, I liked what Jalen Rose said today. Because he made a good point. He goes, dude. He instituted that, and that was an issue within the black community. But he goes, also, he was smart because they didn't really enforce it that long. Yeah. He said it was it was basically to appease the advertisers and the sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, exactly. But in a way, it's one of those things like <clears throat> which caused you know cause and effect. Like if you look at black culture now. And you look at what guys are wearing. They're not doing the baggy thing anymore. It's like the jeans with the big shoes. Like You're like, wow, this is a whole... Like, Is that because the NBA changed the way that those guys dressed? Like, they're all there. All the people that they looked up to suddenly coming in like slim shit and, and looking like a little bit more dapper. I mean, I know that there's also a lot of like sort of... Like the kid cuddies of the world who are like hipster rapper types now. I, you I was know? gonna say you could but, pl- you but, could play that game. You yeah, could, you but, could play but you could also say were those guys inspired? Yeah, I mean, if, if you didn't show someone's skin color, I think you if you just showed the outfit, you could play a game NBA or NBA player or hipster. Yeah, you could also play Cam Newton or Yosemite Sam, but like, <laughs> you know, you're like, is he wearing guns and holsters? <laughs> is he wearing like baggy chaps and a vest? I think you could almost even play NBA player, hipster, or gay dude. I, but but that's what's crazy is though, like all these worlds have basically meshed at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I I do remember how big of a deal that was because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Allen Iverson was really out of yeah. it against that, like as if that rule was almost targeting him. Right. Because he dressed like Gumby, where he would just like wear one white T-shirt that covered like everything, and he'd walk around <laughs> in it like he was like Casper the Friendly Ghost or some shit. And you're like, dude, what? What are you wearing? He's like a white T-shirt, dog. And you're like, you have jeans under there? He's like, maybe. Who can say? Did you ever have a phase where you wore the baggy jeans? I mean, baggier, obviously, than I do now. Like, I was just actually watching a clip of something I did in like 2007, and I was like, damn, my jeans are a little. Jeans are a little loose, but yeah. I never really went. I didn't go like the super baggy with like the low hanging or anything like that. I was just always more of a Levi's boot cut man myself. 
I think Aaron missed that whole part. Like, like you, like you, you're young. You guys never, you were never around for the baggy jeans, right? No, I was around for part of it, like the yeah, tall tee, like, baggy jean era. Yeah, that was probably like um, middle school. What's the most regrettable fashion decision you made? Um, I don't know. Probably like I used to be really into skateboarding and like the fat skate shoes. You know what I'm talking about yeah. with like the the totally. long like black yeah. dickies like airwalks yeah and, like, that was that was a rough time yeah. period yeah that's, that's not that bad prano what about you like what's the most regrettable fashion decision <clears throat> um i i really i mean it sounds kind of fucking ridiculous i don't really have like ones that i think are standout but i think like in college the like structure carpenter jeans with like a sweater vest look was pretty horrendous i mean i have hung on to a lot of the sweater vests did you ever go like from that day did you go, I like a good vest did but you like, go like american eagle abercrombie and fitch i mean i did abercrombie and fitch for sure but like yeah it was a lot of like a lot of like structure carpenter jeans abercrombie and fitch sweaters you know what i mean i mean nothing you guys can't come compare to me i mean i was like malibu's most wanted for a minute yeah Ups, oh, I am sure. Upside down visor, earrings. I had a dollar sign earring, baggy cargo shorts, baggy I mean, jeans. You were wearing baggy cargo shorts till like eighteen months ago. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you in a militia? What, what are you keeping there? Ammunition? I'll tell you what, man. I just spent eight days in Ohio. Lot, saw a lot of carpenter shirts, shorts. Dude, that shit is not a lot left. of lot of uh, car- cargo shorts. That shit has not left. Yeah. You get off a plane in Ohio and you're like, whoa, cargo shorts and fat people. Yeah. You're like cargo pants, like, you know, zip up fucking camo shit, like a hat way too bent. Well, get this, though. My brother, Greg, he saw a documentary, influenced him. He's like three weeks vegetarian now. Wow. Wow. Does your Is your family like, did they lose their mind? Dude, I didn't see it. But apparently my dad. Like I feel like your dad doesn't know the difference between vegetarian and lesbian. Like that's where I. That's where. <laughs> that's where I feel like Walt's heads at. I didn't see it. He's like, so now you only go down on women. I thought, how does it, What's happening? It's what? Like he didn't. Yeah, he he was not a fan, especially because my brother. You know, you know, he's a big dude. He's kind of a meat and potato guy. He played rugby. Now he's so, a potato and potato guy. Yeah, so like I'm out with him and his wife, still rocking the cargo pants, keeping extra potatoes. In them. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like ordering veggie burgers at a bar, and I almost, I almost went full SpongeBob spinning. Yeah, like now but, is his is it health or is it, it or it, animal cruelty? It's health, 100 percent health, and he says he already feels better. I don't, know. you know how those documentaries are. Sure. I mean, it's every different. Yeah. Someone will see something, and he said his inflammation has gone down. They say it helps with your inflammation. I mean, yeah, the amount the amount of wild conspiracies that are in documentaries these days. I think there's one that says like all the meat we eat are like the bodies of the kids from school shootings and stuff like that. You know, like there's there's some crazy Alex Jones shit out there. You pick the wrong thing. Yeah, next thing you know, you're like, what the fuck? But my thing is, whatever makes you feel better. I say, like, yeah, you do you. If you want to go that route, <laughs> I love it. It's like you do you. Except for hard seltzer. Kill yourself. I didn't say that, Joe. I did not say that. Yet. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it was a funny thing for me. But I, I've actually thought about testing it out. Like, this isn't new. I've thought about just seeing 
if I went a full week without meat. I know I have a couple friends. How would I feel? I have a couple friends here who uh, who are vegetarian all week, and then Saturday Sunday is like a little bit looser on their diet. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so it's like all no meat at all the whole week. Like uh, I have one friend who had given up. Like it was an animal cruelty thing. Stopped eating uh, sausage and bacon. Like no pork whatsoever. Yeah. So it's like oh, you know what they do these pigs? And I was like, bro, you are barking up the wrong tree. This man loves some bacon. Like I will, <laughs> like. It is going to be hard. Like I, you're going to have to kill a pig in my house for me to like be like, wow, that was disturbing. Yeah. Um, so he stopped doing, and now he stopped doing uh, meat in, entirely during the week, and that, and that I think even more recently progressed to like vegetarian only. But I have a couple friends who do veggie week, and then like we'll have a steak on Saturday or something like that. I mean, pretty soon people are going to be following Aaron's diet. By the way, back to the game. I proposed, and I should have to do something if I lose. I proposed, I don't know if you saw us on Twitter, that if I beat Aaron, he should have to eat a whole medium pizza. Like, the whole thing. Yeah. The cheese, the crust, the toppings. Aaron, are, are you game for this? Yeah, 100% on board. I'm down. So, so what do I have to do if I lose? I need to think. I need to go back to the drawing board. Okay. But uh, I mean, the, I'm down. the hard seltzer thing would be great if you weren't, like, totally sober. Yeah. We, we can't have you breaking it for that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that to you. Think but, about something I probably wouldn't want to do, which isn't too many things. I'm saying, you're asking a lot here for me to find something you wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Because you usually say yes to everything. I mean, making, like, doing this a food thing as well, though, just, like, making me, like, only garbage for, like, a week or something like that would be... It, it's kind of like... Wait, a week? I, I'm asking to eat one pizza, Joe. Let, yeah. let's, let's make the bet equivalent. Like, only Taco Bell exclusively not for a week <laughs> maybe a day a day that's not even I, I you've had days where you only ate taco bell before no maybe a meal i'm asking him to eat one pizza that's the, one medium obviously for our show's purposes speaking of medium pizzas when you land did you notice this when i landed today in lax over the loudspeaker it's Jared Goff, and he's like, "Welcome to LAX, Rams quarterback." I'm like, "Really? This, this is this is this is what we're doing with Jared Goff?" Yeah, he's the voice of. He's L- like, "Congratulations on touching down in LA." Unfortunately, I was not able to get a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year or many <laughs> this year, but we're glad that you're here. Enjoy your stay. What did you do? You just flew in. Did you go to the lift thing? Yeah, I've done that twice now. I actually think, I hate to say this, I think it's better. I think it's a better system. So you know what I did today? It was packed. What, I, the, the the car line? Everything. I think what happened was nobody flew back the first. Yeah. Everybody, because they're hanging For people over. who don't know, the, the system now at LAX is Ubers and Lyfts can't pick you up at the terminal anymore. They put them in a lot, and you have to take a bus, or depending on what terminal you come into, you can walk to this lot and then they give you a code for your uber or your lyft when you get there you just get into the first available give them your code i think it's actually a good system because it clears traffic a ton from the terminals how long did you wait zero seconds so <laughs> i walked up i was like this is my code i was not about that game today i walked you took a taxi cab no no, no. this is what awesome. i did i also you know long flight you're like i've been stuck on a plane for the last four hours god we were gonna do a five hour episode at this point we talked a second of sports no 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 but i walked from terminal three 
to right past it across the street to the Hyatt to the Hyatt Regency. Yeah. And then I got my lift from there. And, and he told me, he goes, dude, on a day like today, you made the right decision. Yeah. But, you know, a little, little what, what, what do they call those? The, those, like, tips they give people? Life, life, life hacks? A little life hack from Dirty Sports. Uh, let's, get talk, let's get back to talking to people who died. Let's talk about it. Uh, Don Larson. Which, yeah. Which I did not have on the rundown you added. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I looked at the rundown, and I saw Stern, obviously— and then I saw that you added Sam Weish, and I was like, oh, we're doing the damn thing with the deads today. And then I looked down in MLB, and it was empty, and I was like, Don Larson, Yankee great. I mean, obviously I'm not a Yankee guy, but the only person to throw a World Series perfect game. I mean, he is truly— When, like, did, he, when did he throw it? 1956. Okay, again, like, you know, I don't know, man. Anything before the 60s, eh, are we I mean, or- you, you could say that. The only problem with this particular stat, no one did it before, no one's done it after. In the history of the World Series, Don Larson has thrown a perfect game. When you go World Series perfect games, they don't put it they don't put one Don Larson nineteen fifty six and then the they just say it just says Don Larson. So yeah. like yeah, I get it, like integration happened and blah blah blah. But like, dog, no one did it before that. No one did it after that. The fucking White Sox threw a World Series. The other team didn't throw a fucking perfect game against them. They weren't even trying. Yeah. So, you just trying to take a dig at my Reds? What's going on there? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I didn't even remember, by the way, that it was your Reds in that World Series until the Reds cap that I got you for Christmas had that date on there, and you brought it up. You're like, they're still hanging on to, like, they won that one. It's kind of a disgrace. Yeah, it's, it, it is a little funny. It's, it's embarrassing. My dad actually gave me a great book, um, a Reds history book with pictures and uh, captions, which is pretty cool. It's, like, it's wild to look at the old stuff, man. Yeah. And, and to see the guys who played. But, uh, yeah, so he passed away, and then sticking with Cincinnati, former Bengals coach Sam Weish, who it's not like he was the greatest coach. He coached the Bengals from, eight, I believe, 84 to 91. He took them to the Super Bowl that lost against— Was that his—that wasn't his only head coach. I think it was the Jets. Uh, he to- coached the Bucks. The Bucks From 92 to 95. But a fun fact about Sam Weish, he was the first ever coach to institute the no-huddle offense. That's wild. Which is crazy. So Boomer Esiason won the MVP in 1988 for the Bengals. That was their Super Bowl uh, team— and the Bengals started running a no huddle, and the NFL had never seen so that. Just, I mean, while we think about Sam Weish's legacy, we have to think he's responsible for all of us knowing Boomer Esiason. You don't like Boomer? Boomer, I mean, you've watched some Boomer stuff, right? Bro, you Boomer gotta... comes off as a fucking wow. disaster. Wow. You know, you know why I'm saying that? My dad Loves is Boomer? obsessed with Boomer and Geo. Every single day, he's like, he's like, did you see they said on Boomer and Geo? You know, what, you know what is interesting? I watched them with my dad. I will say this much about Boomer: I thought Boomer was kind of a cheddar dick. Yeah. On CBS for NFL Sunday, he's a lot looser. If you yeah. listen to that show, like he's a lot more. I don't know if I'm use the word edgier, but he he's not afraid to say more things on that show. But uh, but yeah, th- what's crazy is to think. 
that no one had ever thought of that, right? Like, that's such a simple idea. No one had thought about that until the late 80s to say, hey, let's not get in a huddle. Let's just go to the line of scrimmage. And can you imagine the first time that was happening? People were like, what is going on? Yeah, well, I mean, like, when you think about the NFL, it's not that old. I mean, think about the first Super Bowls. I mean, obviously, there was the league before the Super Bowls, but the the two leagues coming together, I mean, that's in the early 60s, correct? Um, yeah. And then, obviously, it was sort of like the the, the no huddle, like, on it works for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the time factor, but then the not giving the team an opportunity to switch out players and you're not switching out players and stuff like that. It's like, it, it's almost like there's this gentleman's agreement. Like, yeah, we're just going to let you guys run and run guys in, run guys out. But I, I'd, I'd be interested to know, like, how early on in football were they, like, really making adjustments in personnel from, like, play to play? Like, how how early did, like, the nickel happen where, like, a defensive back's running in and, a you know, a linebacker's running off? Yeah. Probably not that much earlier, you know, when you think about, like, passing offenses and stuff like that. Sure. But I think I read some stuff. I didn't fully dive into it. But I think when they instituted the no huddle, like, the NFL got involved and they had to make some rules changes. I don't know if you can find anything on that, Aaron. But uh, I think that's what you have. What's Weish up to? So it wasn't necessarily the uh, the no huddle or hurry up offense that was the problem. It was that while they would also do this, they would have more than uh, eleven players in the field at once. They'd have like twelve or more. Oh. And then right before the play would start, they would take them out, so they'd have the you know the eleven, and that was the problem. And that would he would do that just to confuse the defense. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a bunch of guys out there, and, and that way you can't figure out who's actually going to be in. So they got rid of twelve guys in the huddle. Yeah. You should look up. I think Weish is part. Look up his history. I think he's part of the Bill Walsh coaching tree. I I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I think he might have been an assistant. I think you're right. Under Walsh during those Niners teams, and the Bill Walsh coaching tree is just legendary. I mean, it's like a redwood. It just <laughs> keeps growing. It's like redwoods are they, they go they grow forever. He's, right? he's like the Genghis Khan of like coaching staff of like coaching personnel yeah like he's just responsible for like four guys in every league and and, and of course we we can't talk sam weish without the epic you're not in cleveland anymore i don't remember that you don't remember that no you don't oh maybe this is it does pray no now i is you it's a, a clip you i don't even have it hooked up but but i, I can play it with my mic you don't remember this during Somebody was throwing snowballs. This is 89. He grabbed the mic and he yelled this in front of the whole stadium in Cincinnati. You don't you don't know this? Hold no. on a second. This is amazing. <laughs> you don't remember you don't that? Li- you don't live in Cleveland. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. It's a shots fired. a cross-state civil war. And that's when both teams legitimately could compete. Yeah. And I actually watched something on that. He went on Rich Eisen's show a couple years ago, and he explained it. I guess the NFL sent a memo to all the teams at that point. By the way, this is where the NFL was at as a sport. I guess in that year, in 89, there was too many fans throwing snowballs under the field. Like, it was a problem. Yeah. And the NFL sent a memo to all... 30 teams at the time. It was like, guys, we, we just like, 
we can't be having snowball fights. And uh, we got a snowball problem. Yeah. So apparently, he said he grabbed the mic and he's like, "I didn't have it planned. I was so angry at our fans and embarrassed." And I was just like, "You don't live in Cleveland anymore." Which then apparently the next time the Bengals played the Browns was just like. They're like, he's like, well, they weren't throwing snowballs. The Browns fans were just out of control throwing dog bones. Love it. Like against us. Well, this is a great segue to, do you have something? Bill Walsh was the, he was, he was a Bill Walsh coaching tree. Uh, This is a great segue to the Browns coaching situation and the the current NFL coaching situation, Prano. Freddie Kitchens gone. They won six games. Yeah. They lost the dude. They got killed basically their final game. Yeah, to the Bengals. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Um, yeah. So for, Kitchen's gone. I think everybody saw that coming. But again, like you kind of gotta, like, you kind of gotta go. You gotta go five hundred with the talent that was put out there. Yeah, and I know a lot of people. I think I had them winning the division. Um, you did. You you've gotta. I'm not saying he had to win the division not to get fired, but dude, you can't go six and ten. And you can't lose more games this year yeah. than you did with a more talented team than last year. Yeah. With an interim coach for most of the last season. Yeah. Um, so he's gone. Uh who else was let go? Obviously Shermer was let go by the Giants. I, I was fine with that. I gave him, I think, longer of a rope to hang himself with than most Giants fans. Uh I'm not I'm not one to say, like, this guy can't get it done. But going into year two, I just thought, I mean, the amount of terrible, like, the amount of terrible, like, no decision he makes or, like, I mean, like just, like, punting in situations where you just can't fucking punt. Um, like, it, he just seemed, he really just didn't seem to have any feel for, like, situational football whatsoever, regardless of whether or not, like, Dandy Dimes came around, or the offense looks better in the second half of last year. Or the offense looks better in the second half of this year with a rookie quarterback. It's like, I don't really even care because on the majority of teams, your head coach isn't supposed to be the play caller. You got to have a feel for like time outs, usage, and situational football. And he just didn't have it. So he's gone, and I'm, I'm stoked about that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Garrett's still blown in the wind. What is happening in Dallas? They've had three meetings. What what is there to meet about? Yeah, he's he should be fired absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know who's defending him at this point. Um, I'm glad he's not been fired. Obviously, I'm. I hope the Cowboys keep him forever, and I don't want him to be available for the Giants to potentially hire. Has he? Been, not that I think they would. Has he been there like ten years? Yes, he has been there exactly ten years. Jason Garrett has lasted 10 years. Yeah. And I believe he's won two playoff games. Is, is that correct? Sounds about right. Look up how many games he's won. I think he's only won two playoff games. I, th- I think it's that small. I, I I just don't understand what... Like, does Jason Garrett have a video of Jerry Jones murdering somebody? Well, I mean, we've talked about this for years. Like, with the talent that, that he's had in situations... Like, Week seventeen, they blow out a team. They blow out the Redskins to you know put themselves in position. But like you lose week sixteen to the Eagles, decimated by injuries. You have the far superior team at basically every single position. You've got all the guys that you wanted. It's like he's won two playoff games in ten years. Yeah, and he's had so much talent. 
in a lot of those teams. I, I just, that's the only conclusion. Jason Garrett has a video of Jerry Jones killing people. There's nothing else. Yeah. Because we've already seen videos and creepy things of Jerry Jones with girls. Right. So that's already out there. He, he murdered somebody. Yeah, well, I think this is a real Epstein situation. Like, if Garrett does get fired, if Jerry Jones goes like, look, it doesn't matter what he has, I have to get rid of him, and then soon after something happens to Jason Garrett, we'll know. Yeah. We'll know that this was a blackmail situation all along. So who else was fired? Obviously. Uh, the Redskins. New, yeah. New coach. They, they they fired Gruden earlier in the year. And so, then, they, so they hired Rivera, and then Jack Del Rio is going to be the defensive coordinator. And then Daniel Schneider, today's press conference, said happy Thanksgiving to start yeah. his press conference. Yeah. One of the great troll jobs in history. Your team is the Redskins. You're referencing Thanksgiving literally all year round. <laughs> like, what an asshole. He's like, not only are we not changing the name, happy Thanksgiving. Wow. I, at this point, the Redskins to me are... They're like a top. When he when he said that, I mean, I think everybody knew exactly what Daniel Snyder was doing when he said, we have hired Ron Rivera to be new chief of the Redskins. I was like, wow, this guy, this is wrong. At this yeah, point. It, it was wrong. And also Rivera is Spanish descent. Yeah. Which there, there's a lot of native blood. Uh, Jack Del Rio, Spanish descent. Yeah. I mean, he's taking some digs at his new coaches. Yeah. Kind of disrespectful. And then I couldn't believe this. After the press conferences, he gave them Happy New Year blankets that were covered in smallpox. <laughs> Took it one step further. Horrible. Absolutely awful. I mean, a lot of people say Daniel Snyder, worst owner in all of sports. As, you know, a Knicks fan, I always have a hard time getting to that point. But, like, look, after, after a press conference like that, I'm willing to give up the title. I'm willing to say this, though, after seeing that press conference. I'd say the top three worst run NFL organizations, in no particular order, are hands down the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Washington Redskins. Who would you replace of those three for worst uh, run? I, I, I don't know if I could replace any of them, but I would also say like you got to get the Jets in there for an honorable mention. The Jets have been pretty bad for pretty long. They True, make all the wrong decisions. They they refuse to like get rid of the guys. Like, look, I fire. Gase after one year, I don't know if he deserves that, but like he shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Yeah, He's done a terrible job. Um, like I, I would imagine that he he's not going to last a whole lot longer. In year, but like they're the Jets, he could be their coach for ten years. Yeah, I mean he's already basically created a whole thing with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty bad, and I I don't know, just to me though. Like, it, it it wasn't that recent, but at least the Jets, you know, in the last 10 years, they've made a couple AFC championship games. Right. I'm saying if you look at the Redskins, Bengals, and Browns, those organizations are run by idiots. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of Rivera to the Redskins? I don't hate Rivera. I know. I think you have a different opinion. I, I think Rivera is overrated. I think a lot of people will be like, look what he's done and, you know, like, look what he's been able to accomplish in, in Carolina. And, like, I think he's a fine coach, but, like, what was he able to accomplish in Carolina exactly? I mean, he took him to the Super Bowl. Okay. They didn't seem very prepared in that Super Bowl. They were going against an all-time defense. Yeah. 
They had they had the MVP. They were fifteen and one that year. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, I mean they got waxed. Yeah, they were dominated that game. I I mean I just say like okay everybody I, I get that he had the uh, you know the tenure that was strong enough that he immediately got picked up by somebody after he gets fired. But obviously you have on the rundown, Mike McCarthy interviewing with teams. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. We all know how I feel about Mike McCarthy. Where, where is but Joe? He won a Super Bowl and didn't end up somewhere. Where are you right now, Joe? Like, like I'm concerned for your health. Your New York giants are interviewing Mike McCarthy. Well, I would not be happy about that. I'd be very, <laughs> I'd be very angry. Do I, it for the show. I'd take him. Do o- it for I'll, the I'll show. T- I'll tell you one thing. I'd take him over Garrett. That's for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. I really don't like it. Um, I think that they're doing their due diligence and they're going to interview a ton of people. I think um, you know the Parcells coaching tree obviously includes Belichick and therefore McDaniel's and. Uh, so I think that they're they're always going to circle that idea whenever they're looking for coaching. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Baylor guy being their they're like the guy that they have their eye on uh, because he was a assistant under Coughlin a few years ago. A lot of teams want him. Yeah, and uh, did you see what he said to Cleveland? That he has no interest. Right? He said no thanks. Yeah, like that's how bad they are though. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I would take him over Garrett, but like the thing about McCarthy is there was this story that came out. I don't know if you saw, and there's video about it, about how he's like has a coaching staff in place and he's like running meetings already has been like the whole off season where like Jim Hazlitt's there. And like, he's, he's basically, he's basically like coaching without having a team to coach for. And sounds like a mental health issue. Yeah. And this is like getting and then in the interview, he's like crying at the end, seeing, saying like my family needs this and like all the stuff we need this right now. Um, it seemed like this was like a real well planned. I mean, I think he obviously cares about coaching and it's, he's not doing the meeting the whole time for but it seems like it was a well coordinated PR plan to like, let's let's have this video come out in, you know, week 16 or whatever it is while teams are firing their coaches and people are like, I'd be real upset if McCarthy ended up with the Giants. We'll leave it at that. I almost don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to be in the air. Yeah. I'll say... But you know every single dirtball listening wants it. I'll say one thing. If they got Garrett, I'd be way more Who's upset. Who's hired? Who, like- well, you know, he was a backup with the Giants. He was beloved in the organization i know but who's hiring again a guy who wins two playoff games in 10 years i just don't understand the rationale i sent this message to you know one of my contacts i said uh if we hire jason garrett i'll burn the entire state of new jersey to the ground that's an absolute promise and their reply was ha we won't so well you feel a little safe there i might have to send i might say like i'll burn all of new jersey to the ground if we hire mike mccarthy I don't know why you guys kept Gettleman. Because my my thinking is, if you're going to hire, why not hire? I mean, they feel like, here's the thing. It's almost like firing a college football coach who doesn't have an opportunity for his recruits to play. 
You know, obviously the head coach of a I football mean, team. They've drafted all right, but they've had some bad free agent signings. Absolutely. But they've drafted okay, and the guys they've drafted right now are the cornerstones moving forward. Daniel Jones, Saquon, the receiving core. Shepard. Yeah, Shepard. Um, you know, obviously Engram can't stay on the field. Hard to include him in, like, the core. But uh, they need to obviously make huge adjustments on defense. Um, Dexter Lawrence was a nice, uh, pick up Williams, uh, uh, in the trade. Like they're, that's where they have to do better, obviously in free agency and obviously on the defense. And obviously the offensive line has to, uh, improve a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like, it's only been two years. Who do the Browns hire? I think they need a guy who just can control that situation. I just want McCarthy to go to the Browns to get him off the board. Please take Mike McCarthy. Ooh. That's... I think he's a Pittsburgh guy, right? Or like a, a West Virginia guy or something like that, right, originally? You know what that smells like? You know what that smells like? Mike McCarthy to Browns? It smells like consecutive 8-8 eight and eight seasons. Yeah. That has mediocrity written all over it. And if he had a hard time getting along with Rodgers, imagine how he would get along with Baker. The next year for Baker Mayfield, I'm going to say this. I think it's make or break. He regressed so much. It's your third year. Dude, when you start digressing as a player, guys don't normally just turn it around, man. Yeah. Well, since we're doing it, I, I had some, I had written down because we didn't have an episode together last week. I uh, wrote down some week 17 notes, just some things I took from that. And Baker was one of them. Baker, I agree with you. I think. You know, you look at a Jameis situation, which is also on my list. Jameis in year five, like, it's, I mean, to me, it's hilarious, the situation in Tampa Bay at this point. But also, you look at Baker, you're like, how long of a string do you give him when you know you're going to need a quarterback to compete in the league? When you know it. And that's why I think, basically, you're, you're looking at, you need to bring in a coach who is going to fix Baker, and then Baker needs to show significant improvement next year. He needs to be a top, you know, you don't have to be a top 10 quarterback just to keep your job in the NFL, but he needs to be top 13, 14 quarterback in the league to keep his job, or else don't do what the Bucs are doing. Don't get to year five. And you're still you're the guy who dates this girl who keeps cheating on you and keeps going out to parties and getting wasted. And you're always in a car with her on the way home. She's drunk. You're fighting in front of a Lyft driver like it's an and your friends are like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And you're like, she's not, dude. And they're like, bro, you're not going to marry this girl. So, like, get on with it. Yeah. No, I agree. Did you because see- because the Jameis thing is a joke at this point. It is a joke. He through a pick six to end their season, to end their potential 500 year, to go 30 TDs, 30 interceptions in a year. It's embarrassing. And also, the whole the whole joke at this point of him squinting at everything, like the dude can't see. Like, if how can your court how can you trust your quarterback 
is going to go to the line and make decisions, if he doesn't have the ability to go to a optometrist and get glasses. It's not it's not expensive, Jameis. I just got my eyes checked at Costco. $50. And they're saying that he wears goggles in practice sometimes. Dude, wear goggles. Honestly, you're not going to look more ridiculous than you did throwing 30 picks. And, like, obviously we have a long and storied history with Jameis on this show and the Bucks GM and the Bucks GM's alter ego, Jameis one of one on Twitter. But, like, that, like, talk about one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. That that is still happening. Well, and that guy watches that shit go down, and this is still happening. I, He's like, that ball's tipped at the line. Like, what? The the GM of the Bucks is crazy. I mean, I tweeted it out. Uh, Roger Sherman from The Ringer wrote a great article, and this was before their final game against the Falcons. He wrote a great article. Just breaking down statistically Jameis's season— and, and that's what he said. He goes, dude, this is year five. I mean, we've we've said this ourselves enough times. Guys, this is year five. If you're turnover prone, you can change it in your early years. You know, your guy, Daniel Jones, threw, he had a lot of turnovers. You can change that early on. You don't change that. I mean, at, he didn't throw 20 picks. But, I mean, he had some, you know, a fair yeah. amount of t- fumbles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But my point is, you can change that. Like, that's why we're talking about Baker. I think Baker can change it. It was year two. That's why I'm saying next year is very important. Baker can change his... Baker t- was second in the league in picks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know I- how many he threw? 20. 20 or 21? I mean, you're talking about a guy who... We're talking about next year's make or break year. He threw only two-thirds of the picks yeah. of Jameis Winston. And obviously, James had seven six, seven pick sixes. All-time record. All-time record. But also, the idea that, oh, quarterbacks, like, no one's done this in forever, dude. So think about this. If it's seven pick sixes, there's 16 games. So almost every other game, this is what you're doing. Almost every other game, you're saying, we're down seven to nothing to start the game. That's what you're doing. That's because of your quarterback. But I, I agree with you, man. I, I, I just think th- that's a ridiculous situation uh, to even think that he's going to change this. And just the arrogance of, oh, he threw for 5,000 yards. Big deal. They finished 7-9 and nine again. And, you, you know, you brought up Daniel Jones fumbling uh, problems. One thing I have on my list of week 17, post-week 17 thoughts, I know – I've been accused on the show of being the world's biggest giant slurper and uh, a Russell Wilson hater uh, by many people. But Daniel Jones holds the ball too long. Fact. Put up some of the best numbers, had some of the biggest games in the history of rookie quarterbacks. The the number of guys who've thrown for four touchdowns in a rookie season and five touchdowns in a rookie season, not that many. And, I mean, he's right up there when you look at some of the big offensive output days he has. And I think that he has the ability to one day be, hopefully, an elite quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. But the dude holds the ball too long. And I just want to say I am a guy who has been critical. And, I, by the way, I haven't checked same way as I didn't until eventually those stats came out. I don't know if statistically, by time out of the hand, all that stuff is true. But, like, to me, I see with Daniel Jones exactly – what I saw with Russell Wilson for all those years. Holds the ball too fucking long, and he's got to fix it. Because I 
don't I mean I know it's his rookie year, but you're not an elite quarterback in the NFL if you can't do that. If you can't stand in the pocket, deliver a strike and not fucking hang on to the ball going like whoa, 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 whoa the game's fucking going by me. And so that was just another one of my notes. Obviously, I hope he fixes it. Obviously, I hope he fixes it before year eight or nine or whatever. But, like, it's a problem. It's yeah. a major problem with the New York Giants football team right now. Well, I guess the Browns are also also interested in Urban Meyer, which uh, got to check on his health. You know? Yeah, I mean, but what's Urban Meyer's deal? That he's just the the health thing's just a scam, right? Like, it always has been. It's got to be. You saw him at the Ohio State game, right? <laughs> yeah. And you, did you see the controversy? When no. Scott Van Pelt took a dig out of him on SportsCenter. About so, so being the, there and looking healthy and so, working. And so the camera, and the camera pans over to him. And I, I was actually my brother Greg's, and we all were laughing. We were watching that game. The camera pans to him on one of those like end-of-the-play games against Clemson. And he's on the sideline on his hands on his knees. And we're like, what? You don't even coach it. It looked like it, it looked like he was still coaching the team. Right. And we all made the joke, oh, his health's fine. So when uh, during Sports Center, you know, remember he left to to stay to spend more time with his family. Yeah. yeah. So when they showed that clip during Sports Center, Scott Van Pelt says, uh, and there's he said something something along the lines. I'm paraphrasing that Urban, you know, was there spending time with his family. Yeah. And uh, his family went nuts. Multiple of his daughters on Twitter. Because they were there, and we spent all week with him. The game was in Arizona. We yeah. were with him all week in Arizona. You don't know. It's like, guys, you know, you don't get the joke. It doesn't matter if you were there all week with him in Arizona. That's the joke, is that right. he's leaving to spend more time with his family or health issues, but then he comes back when it's convenient. Yeah. But I wouldn't want him as a head coach for the Browns. I don't if know. If you're what, a Browns fan? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of college to... NFL personally and why would he do that I mean these I mean there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of success stories in that in the I mean it's been a long time but I mean a lot of the a lot of the great coaches have come from college I mean Carol but Carol also had the you know obviously the Jets and the Patriots but but I'm just saying like I don't know I'm not the biggest fan of it we'll see how uh Cliff Kingsbury works out in Arizona. There's, there's. I mean, I know we talked about Garrett. There's all this talk of Riley, that that's what's holding up the Cowboys issue. They want to know what's going on. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Is he is he interested in the job? And they couldn't reach out to him until after the bowl game and blah blah blah. I think he's still trying. He's still in. He's still in intensive care after what Joe Burrow, and the LSU Tigers did to his team. I mean that I have never seen such a show put on yeah incredible in one half you like, I, I looked at the score I, I mean i was watching the game early and it got out of hand pretty early and then i was moving i think i was moving the location that i was like i'm gonna put it back on but in the meantime as i was going I'm, i checked the score it's 52 and i'm like what like that's sometimes espn apple fuck up i was like this is wrong am i am i wrong am i completely wrong in this did joe burrow throw for 400 yards in the first half yeah and Seven TDs. Seven TDs. And then ran in an eighth one to start the second half. Like it. It was. It, it, it was. It was actually disgraceful. I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, accused me of so quickly throwing the goat title around, but like Coach O at this point, Coach Goat. Yeah. Come on. Well, and a lot of people have told me 
that the Big 12 has stepped up their defense. Yeah. Sure didn't seem that way that game. Your representative who made the playoffs. Uh, but we do have the playoffs here, Joe. I'm, I'm excited. Are, are, are the NFL Hall of Fame finalists announced? Did you want to... This is, this is breaking Twerks with Wolves news for us. <coughs> what do we got here, Aaron? All right, so the... NFL announced its modern era finalists for the class of 2020. And the list includes Troy Polamalu. Hall of Famer. Edron James. Hall of Famer. Zach Thomas. I don't know. No. Bryant Young. No. Like him, Bryant. No. Richard Seymour. John Lynch. Steve Atwater. Lynch? Uh I feel like I'd have to look at Lynch and Atwater, but Me too. I, I feel like I feel like they're no one and no. Although Lynch was pretty damn good, two, Atwater was a two hard hitting dudes. Yeah, uh, Leroy Butler, Bo Blaha right now is like Atwater's in, or I'll blow up the Smut Studio. <laughs> He's like put him and Larry Walker in both the baseball and football Hall of Fames together, one plaque. Make this fucking happen already. Uh, Reggie Wayne, yes. Tory Holt, mm. I don't know about Reggie Wayne. I don't know about. Torrey Holt should have been in, and Isaac Bruce is he's, still he's on next. there. Yeah, Isaac Bruce. How many wide receivers can you put in? I think Isaac Bruce's numbers are up there ahead of both those guys, right? Dude, he's he's right there all time. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mills. I think so. Tony Baselli. Uh, Alan Fanica. 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 Yeah. And then Steve Hutchinson. And that's it. That rounds out the list. Some good names in there. Yeah, a couple of those guys will get in for sure. Yeah. Well, Prano, the NFL playoffs are finally here, and I, I, I honestly, I'm not just saying this. I couldn't be more excited than I probably ever. It is a pretty fucking strong yeah. playoff uh, bracket in both conferences. Yeah. Well, you beat me in picks, and now we're going to look at, obviously, break down these games and also look at point spread. And uh, if you want some advantages... With your bookie. Where should they go, Joe? GTPpicks.com. Yeah, absolutely. GTP Picks. Strong. Uh, I, I've been following their Twitter. I've been following their Instagram lately. Like, if you look at these guys, give the free plays that they're giving. If you look at, you know, when they recap their games for the day, they are crushing it. They are. And honestly, this is always what happens to me every year in actually betting. I, I sit out the first couple weeks of the year because everything is crazy. Middle of the football season, I get heavy action. I sit out the last couple weeks because, again, you never know who's sitting. You never know what's happening. And then you go hard for the playoffs Yeah, because you've seen these teams for 17 weeks. I got to imagine that they take all the information from the year. They put it in their you know, system. And I got to imagine that they crush the playoffs. Yeah, so they use... Not just this season. They use decades of historical data combined with expert market analysis to provide their clients with winning sports betting picks. Guys, it's pretty easy. So they take all that and they always respond, which I love. So if you have a question to these guys, if you don't understand how this works, slide into our guys at GTP Picks, into their DMs on Instagram, Twitter. They'll let you know. Best of all, all dirt balls get 25% off. Strong. 25% off. It's a good it's a good number. I think it's not strong. It's strong. Drop promo code DIRTY 
over at gtppicks.com. Get that 25% off. And the best part, again, it's not just NFL. If you like to gamble on NBA, a little European soccer league, I know they're very successful in those. Golf, Joe Prano's favorite sport. You name it. All those things are available at gtppicks.com. You get 25% off if you're a dirtball. Just simply drop promo code DIRTY at checkout. They have multiple sports packages. I recommend the all-sports package when going to gtppicks.com. Okay, so the NFL playoffs are here. I'm excited. Great. Great matchups. You know what what I love about this playoffs is that I don't know for the first time ever if we have a clear-cut favorite. Now, I know the Ravens have decimated everybody, but I just I don't think they're the favorite. I'm going to say it because they don't have the experience. And New England keeps losing. They lost at home to Miami. So to me, entering this playoffs, there is no clear-cut favorite, Joe. Do you agree or disagree with me? No clear-cut favorite in the entire league? The entire league. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think there's so much parity. I for sure agree with you there. I mean... Hard to say that the Ravens wouldn't be the favorite with the way that they played in the regular season. Um, in my Week 17, you know, notes. One of the things I had is the the way their defense was able to play in that game against Pittsburgh, a division rival, trying to get in the playoffs with Backups. a lot of their starters out. That tells me a lot about everybody on that team being bought in. Everybody on that team being on the same page. I mean, they looked pretty darn good. No Lamar Jackson. They looked pretty darn good. No Mark Ingram. Now, I know that they were playing the Steelers, but again, the Steelers were a team that was on the verge of making the playoffs. Yeah. So that showed me a lot about them, for sure. Um, I mean, you look at Kansas City coming on strong at the end of the year, um, taking that home field away from the Patriots. I mean, that was one of the wildest stories of Week 17. Patriots losing to your boy, Fitzmagic, making magic happen there in the fourth quarter. Taking away that that bye week, that's huge for the Patriots. Fun fact, the Patriots have never— Huge for for Patriots haters, that's for sure. They've never made a Super Bowl when they had to play a wild card weekend. Yeah. So here we are. The games start Saturday— a nice 1.30 Pacific Standard Time for us. Oh, I love being back in this time zone. Oh, thank God. I'm touching the couch. Oh, thank God. I hate, and I mean I hate now, the East Coast time zones. These games are, these it's Sunday night football game. They're ending past midnight. Yeah. It's college football game. The Sugar Bowl last night, it was 12.45. Also, just not having to wait. Not having to wait for those early games. Yeah. And then being done, it's like it's it's great on both ends. Ah, that was one of the things when I moved here ten years ago. That I was like, I don't know, going back's gonna be tough. Oh yeah, so it's, it's the best here. Even when you, even like other sports, even like night games and basketball, like my Knicks start at four thirty. Yeah, it's like I don't really, you know, it's not like I'm worried about getting home from work. Uh, sure, it's great. It's amazing. So the Bills go to the Texans. The Texans are three point favorites. Yeah. This is a tough one for me. The, really the, tough. The, the Bills' defense so good. The Bills' secondary so strong. Um, 
their secondary is so strong and it and it uh is you know the perfect matchup for where the Texans strength is which is obviously their quarterback is you know Deshaun Watson had a fantastic season is clearly a superstar or being on, or on the verge of being a superstar they've got uh you know Hopkins Will Fuller is like day to day for life but he's the x factor to he me He really is yeah If Will Fuller plays they win or they have such a better chance If he doesn't Here's what's interesting you have two young guys who Watson's never has Watson won a playoff game mm, I don't know I don't think so Cuz this is his third year right Yeah Cuz last year they lost the year before he was hurt He was hurt Last year they lost they lost to the Colts so you have two young guys at quarterback who've never won a playoff game. You know, obviously Watson, more experienced, slightly, also just a better player, honestly, than Josh Allen. The The, the rule used to be don't bet on a suspect quarterback yeah. on the road in a playoff game. But the road teams this year have been, like, incredible. I'm going to go with this. A Bills victory. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sort of with you. I'm definitely taking a Bills. Uh, a Bills cover. I think it's gonna be a close game. Even at three. Even at three. Um, God, I'm in. I'm in a a bracket for the playoffs. Is your manager? Yeah. Yeah. And I have not decided who I'm picking in this game yet. It's it's right there. Yeah. I'm leaning toward the Bills. Yeah, I am. So am just I. because of the road, the road teams this year, it just seems like these road teams fucking show up. Sure. Also, factor for me, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I think McDermott's a better coach. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, I agree. They need Will Fuller. That's for sure. <laughs> all these games, I'm excited about all these games. The Titans are at New England. Anywhere from four and a half to five point favorite Patriots. I think the Titans. I think this is a great game. I think this is a great game too. I think I'm, I think I'm picking the Titans in this I, game. I think that spread's way too big. I think I'm picking the Titans way. The way the Titans have been running the ball. I mean, you talk about another team like the kryptonite of in the last game. Like you said, is that great Bills defense? The secondary matching up with Watson and his receivers. In this game, you're looking at the opposite. That Patriots secondary. I mean, if you're looking for a way to beat the Patriots, the Ravens showed you run the shit out of the ball, yeah. which the Titans do, and then they run the shit out of play action, which has turned uh, Ryan Tannehill into like, you know, a quarterback who's completing a higher percentage of passes than anybody in the history of the game. Um, it's like again, play action being a cheat code. Nothing is better set up to like. I honestly think the Titans more than many other teams. Are set up to beat the Patriots. Plus, you got Vrabel. I agree. I think I'm picking the Titans in this game. Brady did not have a good year. No, I'm just gonna say it. I feel a lot of people aren't talking. About, he did not have a good year. All his numbers are so low. In the past, he's had years where he hasn't had that much help either. So the argument of like he has no help, he didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Obviously, the Gronk loss was huge for them. Yep. But then again, how many Super Bowl runs was Gronk not even playing either? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think what I think what you're looking at with this Patriots team, and you're you could be one of those people who calls Tom Brady the goat and all this stuff, and like there, you certainly can't argue with his legacy. But this Patriots team, 
has been built around their defense. And when that happens, when they take a little bit of their more money and they spread it around their defense and they get, you know, there's obviously in getting losing Gronk, they try to get Sanu, it didn't really work out. Edelman was out a couple games. When you don't really have the personnel you need on offense, your quarterback is getting older. They were like, let's grind out wins. Let's play defensive. And and honestly, I think that that's Belichick saying he knows this was going to happen to Brady. I mean, if you look at Bill Belichick, the the story a couple years ago that there was disarray, you know, that was, I think, Super Bowl week or media week with Brady being, oh, he wanted to get rid of Brady and they forced him to trade Garoppolo. Like, if you're Bill Belichick right now and you're planning on staying with the New England Patriots, you must be furious that they made you get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and made you pick Tom Brady. Bill Belichick has succeeded in this league by getting rid of guys before they stopped performing and picking up guys who he thinks they still got it and weren't able to perform on teams that were not great. It is the true, he he is the definition of a coach whose system makes players better. Yeah. And, I mean, you're looking at, who is the heir apparent to Tom Brady? Like you, if you are Bill Belichick right now, you know he wishes that Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback today. Yeah, you have to think that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'm not. I think him letting Jacoby Briscoli go to the Colts probably not losing a lot of sleep over that one, but definitely the Jimmy G thing. I'm not ready to say the Patriots lose. I think it's going to be a really close game. But everybody's always afraid of getting undertakered by the Patriots I get and per- calling it yeah. too early because everybody's done it and they've always undertakered every time. I think you're right. But I'm doing it this year, not necessarily in this game, although I am taking the Titans in this game. The Patriots are not making the Super Bowl. I agree. I'll, I'll, Ruther, I'll go the Ruther. You could put the Prano curse on. They are not making the Super Bowl. I agree with you there. I, I, I'd, I'd be shocked. I'd be pretty surprised if they're in the Super Bowl. I I would not be surprised if they lose this week. I agree. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just we do look at quarterbacks. He didn't have a good year. It's still Tom Brady. He's still experienced. He's still at home. I think the Patriots win in a close one. I think the spread is kind of laughable to me to be four and a half I to agree. five. I mean, it started at seven and a half. Started oh, at seven and a half. It's crazy. That's ridiculous. The people who got it at seven and a half are fucking must be so happy. Yeah. I just want to throw in a little stat about uh Tom Brady this year. So you said that he's you know he's had a down year. Uh, his completion percentage was sixty percent. I'm gonna guess that was his lowest since 2009. That could be true. I have to look it up. <laughs> uh, but his completion percentage was lower than both Goff and Trubisky. Put it in context. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. So, so what's the, what's the we have tug nugs, we have rug nugs. What are, what are yours called? I don't know, but I think the Titans have gotten the uh, torch with wolves bump since I first. Since you called them the best team in football, them. yeah, I called them the best team in football. I mean, the thing about the you know Patriots is Belichick has always destroyed his assistants, and obviously a lot of the assist- was Vabro on his, was was. Was that's, his, that's what I was gonna say. I don't. I don't know if you. He, he I, I played. Was, yeah, he, played he played eight seasons. Played in the system. I for don't. Sure. Yeah. Um. I. I got to imagine he was right. I got to imagine he was. 
he didn't uh, just go from playing to being the coach of a fucking no, I, I don't head know coach he, of an NFL team. Yeah, but I don't know if he play, I don't know if he coached. He had to have twerks. Pull up Vrabel's work history. He had to have. I don't think he did. I know he played eight seasons with the Patriots. No, he never coached for the Patriots. Wow. Yeah, he started at Ohio State, and then he went to the Texans under Bill O'Brien. The the rest of the Belichick coaching tree. Um, well, the the they, well, call, that, they call it the butt chin coaching. Of all tree. the people r- related to the Bill Belichick coach, like he has had the most success already. Yeah, I agree. Well, some so many people would argue Bill O'Brien has won how many playoff games? He's won a couple. It's gonna be a good game. And as someone who is currently a, I, it's funny, I almost said San Diego, a Los Angeles Chargers season ticket holder, I'm hoping the Patriots lose. And you're hoping he ends up on the Chargers. Yeah. For financial reasons. So I could sell those tickets for more money next year. Yeah, this was an investment. By the way, the Chargers, I got, did get a letter today from Dean Spanos. He signed it. Uh, it's definitely his original signature, owner of the Chargers. It was not a copy at all. <laughs> Definitely not. I also received an email from my guy at the Chargers saying, if your buddies want to come down, I got two seats next to you guys. I'm like, dude, you could probably have a whole row. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota. By the way, we got we to talk since we were talking Tom Brady and his lowered yeah. stats here. Something that people just continue to tag me in this week. The top five passers in the NFL do not make the playoffs. So I've been saying you don't want your quarterback to lead the league in yardage. Obviously, Jameis Winston is a the poster child for that. But when you say passers, are we saying yards? Yards. The the league's leader in yards, the top five, did um, not make the playoffs. Jameis, Dak, Jared Goff. Yep. What are the other two I'm missing? I'm pretty sure it's Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And who's the who's the fifth one? Do you know how it works? Yeah, it's uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah. You don't want your quarterback leading the league in yards. Yeah. You don't want it. That makes sense. So shout out to everybody who tagged me in that. All right, so the Vikings, we have a uh, the Miracle Minnesota part due, but this time it's going to be in New Orleans. The Vikings are seven-and-a-half-point road dogs in New Orleans. Here's what, I, here's what I think this game plays out. Either the Saints put a spank into them. Yeah. Or we got ourselves a game. No, I'm saying like I don't see I either see a three point game or a seventeen point game. Yeah. I don't see like a six or seven point game. Yeah. Like the seven spreads. and a half seems high, but also I do not love Kirk Cousins in this game. In the dome. I don't I mean, I know Dalvin Cook will be back. So, you know, you've got to hope that they take the ball out of Cousins' hands a little bit. Yeah. But like a couple weeks ago on Monday night, like that Kirk Cousins game was an abomination. Yeah. That was against the Saints, correct? No, it was... Uh, God, why am I losing my mind? Uh, a, f- a few... What was his one? It was couple, against the couple Packers. Weeks ago? Packers. Oh, the Packers, right. Yeah. Did they play this year, though, the Saints and the... I don't Vikings? know. And let's not forget, the Miracle Minnesota, that was Case Keenum, guys. That wasn't even Cousins. Yeah. I like the Saints to win. A hundred percent. I like the Saints to win. Uh, I will say. I'll probably 
to to give people a line since we're not obviously competing in a uh, pick them at this point with the things. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll probably tease this game. Down. I'll probably tease the points down, but I I love the Saints to win the game. This is to me. I mean, this is the definition of trash quarterback. And I'm uh, Kirk Cousins. Trash might be a little aggressive, but like when you look at the guy in primetime games, in big games, in playoff games, games against good defense, everybody likes to point like, oh, well, he's playing early in the day. It's like, motherfucker, I don't give a shit what time he's playing. He's playing against a good team. That's what I care about. I do. I am all in on betting against Kirk Cousins in this game. Well, I th- th- you know, this and is- their strategy should be to give Dalvin Cook the ball, and for their coaching staff should be all in on betting against Kirk Cousins in this game. And from the Saints' perspective, they have to win two road games this year to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, my take is, this is really, we, I mean, it, it was last. They have la- to win two or they have to win three? They'd have to win two and then the Super Bowl's neutral. Right. But they're playing a wild card game. Yeah. So, they'd have to win two more road games. They have to win three. I mean, depending on who advances. I'm saying two road games. Oh, oh okay, gotcha. But that, oh, right, right, right. I see what you're saying. So, so my point is this. We all know the Saints right. only the, have... The, the Saints are at home, but that depends on who advances. It and, does. They only have one road win, the Saints, under Breeze and Peyton. So here we are again. I mean, I'm already fast-forward and looking ahead. They beat the Vikings. Can the Saints win, and they're playing so well right now? Yeah. Can the Saints win two road games? I'm still saying no. Yeah. And, and yeah, the Saints have looked fantastic. And there was a there was a minute there where I really thought the Saints were going to be the NFC team at, that makes the Super Bowl. But now when you look at I mean, you look at San Francisco beating them in New Orleans, to me that's like, geez. I mean, obviously they would it would be an NFC championship game that they would have to face New Orleans in because the winner of that other game will get San Francisco first. But, like, again, Drew Brees potentially on the road in Green Bay? Yeah. Although, Aaron Rodgers, you suspect at this point, too. His numbers dropped off big time. You know, Aaron Rodgers has not looked, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers of old. But I stay on this. First of all, they have a bye. Yeah. Second of all, I stay on this tip of all that struggle from Aaron Rodgers. And here they are. When's the last time that they had a bye in the playoffs? No, I agree. my point is this. It's almost like, are you betting on Aaron Rodgers staying the Aaron Rodgers that he's kind of been all year? And you're going to play that. You're going to go, okay, this is what Aaron Rodgers got. Like, I, you know, obviously his overall resume does not match up with Tom Brady's. But if people are sitting here going, it's still Tom Brady. It's still Tom Brady. The idea that everybody goes, look at Aaron Rodgers' season. And by the way, I'm fine with that. But, like, Aaron Rodgers has been, like, just as dominant as a, in terms of a, as a person regardless of what his teams have been able to do, to go like, if you're not going, it's still Aaron Rodgers, but you are going, it's still Tom Brady. You're letting you're letting team wins get all caught up in you. Well, look, I, I, I would love to see, again, fast-forwarding. I, I mean, 
look at this potential matchup second round. Saints, Drew Brees at the Packers against Aaron Rodgers. January, Lambeau Field. If that doesn't get your dick hard, I don't know what will. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. No, absolutely. And then and I think that will be the matchup. Yeah, I do too. And then we have the Seahawks heading to Philly. They beat them <laughs> this early. This is a tough game. It is a tough game. They beat them earlier in the year. Now, both teams at this point. Decimated by injuries. Decimated. Yeah. I mean, they grabbed Marshawn Lynch out of a video arcade eating, eating uh, Skittles to play. The last couple weeks make you feel like, well, both of these teams can get it done regardless of the guys they've lost. Obviously, Philly put together a couple wins just to get in to the playoffs. Uh, Carson Wentz, the stat that everybody kept showing, was first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards without having a receiver have over 500 receiving yards. So he spread it around to guys, and yeah. guys were getting hurt, and, he, and they were filling in. And they came on late, for sure. Um, then you've got the Seahawks, who play they the stumble. Niners up to that. They st- Yeah, they stumble in that Arizona game. They play the Niners close there, you know, they they have the one one yard line debacle. Um, your boy Russ and Pete Carroll gotta stop with the fucking, you know, praying to Jesus and looking at nine eleven fucking videos and start calling some fucking plays. I mean, the the delay of game penalty was a nightmare. And then obviously there was a missed holding call and all that. But like that sequence when they got down there by the goal line was Awful. Yeah, it was bad. But at the same time, you're looking at the number one seed. They damn near beat them. So both these teams. Twice. Look, yeah. Both these teams look like they can beat anybody on any given Sunday. Now they're playing each other. It's in Philly because Philly wins the division. Seahawks a far better record during the during the year. And the Seahawks won earlier. Yep. Seahawks are the favorites. Yeah. They're the only road dog favorite. I think the Seahawks win. I would not be surprised if they lost. Obviously, it's a close game, which again, I would love to see the rubber match. Yeah. Look how hard against San Francisco next week. Yeah. Look how hard fought both of those games were. I th- I give the slight nod. This is why I give the slight nod to Philly. I'm sorry to Seattle. Obviously, my guy Russ. I give it to him. Just more experience. And also, I mean. Seattle has injuries, but Philly's injuries are yeah. bad. Yeah. But but Philly, here's what Philly has the edge. To me, Philly has the edge without a doubt defensively. Seattle's defense is just they're just I don't think Yeah. Well they're not. I believe they were twenty one or twenty second in points given up. So they're nothing special at all. Uh but I, I think I expect a very good game, a very close game. Um I think Seattle's gonna have to run the ball. You saw in the second half that helped them a lot against the Niners, when they started to be able to run the ball, which with, uh, I, I didn't know who that guy was. Yeah. The guy playing with Lynch. I'd never seen him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, like, Hosmer? Yeah. Homer? Homer. Yeah. Ho- it was Homer Simpson. They actually grabbed the character Homer Simpson. Well, here's here's my thoughts in this game, and because I went back and forth a couple times. I'm going to agree with you. I think Seattle wins, and, I, and the reason I think Seattle wins is – if I look ahead to the next week, I I like the Niners versus both of these teams at home after yeah, a bye. Right? Sure. But next week, you got Seattle. I know it's a division game. They've played two times already this year. They know each other very well. There's a lot of history there. But also, I just think 
Seattle could give that Niners team a game. And I think a Philadelphia Eagles team, all that they could overcome to get a playoff win, I think they would get their shit pushed in by the 49ers. I agree. And and to me, it's like if I'm looking at that and I'm going, yes, I'm gonna like I said, all the all the reasons that the Seahawks could keep it close, but also that they've done it. Um, I think Seattle wins this game. And I hate to say it because well, I don't want anybody winning this game. Not, we don't need Russ getting free pass playoff wins. I definitely hate it when the Eagles get fucking any sort of success whatsoever. I think that the— And you hit on something. And I think that the Seahawks have a coaching advantage. I want to go— I con- think Peterson uh, overrated, as I've said on the show. I want to go conspiracy of what you just said. The NFL wants no part of Philly, like you said, going to San Francisco. You, you don't know, though. You really don't know. Yes, uh, yes, marketing-wise. They want this third game. Sure. Division. But also, you've got to keep in mind, Philadelphia fans, like, the Philadelphia market alone can make up the difference in the excitement. Like, they're crazy down there. There's a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans in Philly and in the country. Yeah. That's a, it's a big fan base. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that uh, – you know that that spread starts on the on the Eagles side. I think it's switched over, right? Or did it start on the? I don't know. I didn't see. Yeah. It. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Seattle to win that game. All right. Well, there you have it. Dejectedly, I'll take it. Why, Joe? Well, you know, your boy Russ gets. You know, if he wins, gets his like wild card win against the decimated. Eight, nine, and seven he's, Eagles team. He's already preparing the argument. This no, 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 I'm not preparing anything. I'm saying I don't want I, I don't want success for either of these teams. You don't want success for Russ because it just it just uh, well because here's the thing helps me. Well, no, it doesn't. It's not about that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really. I base nothing. I base very little of you know my player evaluations on. When you look back and you go, oh, but then look at his playoff. Like when you look at people's playoff numbers, you look at their, you know, win loss record in their career, or whatever. That's all well and good. And I'm not going Jameis one of one here and say like QB wins need nothing. Of course they do over time. Yeah. But you've got to look at everything. What what it does is it makes people who are maybe Russell Wilson slurpers go, well, look at this. And it's like, yeah. But when you go on a case by case basis and you use your eye test, you're like. Somebody's beating this fuck. Somebody was going to beat the NFC East team that got in. You know what I mean? That was going to happen. Let's say the you know the Vikings had won that game against the Packers a couple weeks ago, and we're looking at the Vikings hosting an Eagles team in a home game. Then I'm going, well, I kind of like the Vikings. Doesn't mean I think Kirk Cousins is suddenly going to be a playoff, a clutch playoff performer. It just means he drew the fucking wild card. He or he drew the, I don't know the. The lucky card in this situation. Well, there you have it. NFL playoffs. And that's the show. 2020 is here. We completed our first show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. Drop an iTunes review. Start the new year off. Great for the show. For us, I should say. I'll send you some koozies in the mail. Leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. Joe Prano. Joe Prano on Twitter, at Joe Prano. Uh, Fix Your Life. Sorry, at Joe Prano on Instagram. Fix Your Life on Twitter. Uh, JoePrano.com for shows. I am uh, here in town until Wednesday, and then it is back off to 
Tahoe, one of my favorite shows to do, uh, the Improv at Harvey's, and it's especially great when I get to do it in the winter. I'm going to go ski heavenly, snowboard heavenly, so if you're up there, you're a dirt ball. I know there's a couple of dirt balls who have tried meeting me on the mountain before. Come out and see the shows in, uh, in Tahoe, and JoePrano.com for all the shows coming up. We're going back up to the Bay in early February. I think it's uh, the week after the Super Bowl. Um, and you know, I'm all around. I got, uh, Palm Springs, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Alaska again. Um, so go, if you're in any of those places, go to joepanda.com. Twerks. Follow me on Twitter at DS interns and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Maharis. All right, guys, it's the new year, which means don't make a new year's resolution. Just don't be a piece of shit. That's, that should be your new year's resolution. I made a new year's, res- I made a new year's resolution. What is it? Smoke more weed. Oh, that, that's that reverse resolution. Oh, yeah. Went to MedMen yesterday. Did some, did some. Re- I mean, I know MedMen's a little uh, pricey. He's on Abikini, but I just wanted to get that. I just wanted to get back into the game strong. Did a lot of things. Just, I think it's just good creatively. Get up a little m- more waking and baking in my life. Wow. Of course, the show is ending with ambulances. This is this is so fitting. Uh, I don't have a New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is to crush it with dirty sports. That's not a resolution. That's a life. That's a life mantra. Guys, thank you for listening. Noob Dirtballs, welcome. I saw somebody in YouTube. Welcome to the fam. You're officially part of the Dirtball fam. Uh, Have a great week, guys. And most importantly, stay dirty.